0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the WWID podcast. In today's episode, we are having a conversation with my good friend, Grant Lilly, and he is going to help us bring some clarity to the question, what does it mean to be good? And so I hope this conversation helps you into the insight of what it means to be good. Are we good? Are we ever going to be good? And what does it take to be good? And so I would love for you guys to buckle up and get ready for this amazing conversation. If you haven't already, I would love for you to click the subscribe button so that anytime we download a new episode, you'll be the first to know with those notifications. So whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or where else you listen, please make sure you click that button and you can follow me on Instagram at Matthew Nylon, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-N-Y-L-I-N for all updates. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hey, what's going on? This is Matt Nyland, and uh, this is the first episode of the WWIT podcast with a friend. And I am so excited to have my friend Grant Lilly uh, here with me. He is a local youth pastor with me, as well as a friend, him and his wife and beautiful girls uh, that you'll hear about in a little bit. Uh, They've been a blessing to my wife and I of just being another cool youth pastor in the area that i can relate to uh and and just be friends with i can turn it off i can turn it on he's that guy and so grant thank you so much for being
1: here today it is an honor
0: yeah Matt. and no pressure this is the first you're the first guest of this whole thing and i believe that the first
1: should always be the best
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> it's not biblical at well, all <laughs> now, now
1: we really have to live up to the hype now.
0: Yeah, that's all right. Uh, did you ever did you ever grow up listening to Five Iron Frenzy? absolutely uh well according to their album it's all the hype that money can buy uh, and yes. so that's why i'm thankful for a free uh podcast that i don't have to pay money
1: for <laughs> so <laughs> for those of you who don't know five iron friends a yeah, good it's old true. ska band oh
0: and actually they just came out with another album yeah uh, a handful of months ago so i i doubt del- i dove back into them for a little bit and that's was enjoying so that so uh well again so grant thank you for being a part of it can you just tell us a little bit about yourself as uh we're jumping in this podcast uh tell us Who you are, tell us about your family, your background, hobbies, social security number. I'm
1: just kidding. You don't have to do that part, but... (laughs) So it's 7-1. No, (laughs) it's fine. But uh, yeah, so a little bit about me. Um, One, you know me, Matt. We've known each other for... Man, it's been a while. I think I first met you when I I came to Minnesota. Yep. Yeah. I remember meeting you at a volleyball game. Yes, that was right away. So that's been about three and a half years ago. So we've known each other for about three and a half years. And it's been really neat to get to to know you and your family. Um, So one, I've been a pastor for almost eight years. Yeah. Never thought I'd ever be a pastor. Right. I wasn't pursuing that at all. That's amazing. And uh, But I've been doing that for now close to eight years. So this is my eighth ministry season. Cool. Yes, you could say. That's awesome. And it, that has just been a real joy, a real blessing. Um, I have a beautiful wife, three beautiful daughters with a fourth daughter hey, on the way. Come on, girl dad right there. I know. So what's really cool, uh, Matt and I got to to share this cool experience of having a daughter born in the same hospital yeah. together on the same day. The same day. Which was just crazy. Which is bonkers
0: because we joked about it. Yeah, we, we were did. like, how cool? Because I think we were a week, our due date was a week before yours. So yes. there was a week where uh, we should have had our daughter born, but it ended up being the exact same day, which is awesome. We were super early right away that, one, that, that morning on the 18th, uh, and then you were a little bit later, weren't you? yeah i put you on the spot (laughs) i'm like (laughs) like i
1: think so (laughs) if i know the date that was so long ago that's a win yeah which is crazy i don't remember what i had yesterday for (laughs) breakfast or even this morning so it's hard to remember that yeah but that Uh was really cool a really cool experience to to have you know together actually that was that was really neat
0: it was cool Helped the mornings too because then we we went and got coffee together because we had such a rough time. Absolutely. Child labor but is so hard on husbands. For, for <laughs> sure. But we also got our wives coffee, that, of that's course. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Uh, decaf coffee. Cause, decaf. Yeah, it's all about the baby at that yes. point. That yeah, can't, of course. Yeah, of so. course. So that was actually,
1: that was really cool and yeah, a really cool experience. So, yes, love my family. My wife is amazing. My kids are amazing. Uh, I have a lot of passions. Mm-hmm. So sports. Yeah. Uh, we, we play basketball yeah, we do. so often together.
0: We're in the old man leagues now. We're not good, we're <laughs> right? I'd say we're
1: average. Average. We're a quality average old guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> average old guy basketball players. Yeah. we What's haven't hard. mastered the bank shot yet, but <laughs> but I know guys who have. Oh yeah, we're. N- I'm not one of them. Nope, those. not at all. I'm still a, a three three point shooter all the way. Yeah, but you don't need the bank. He he just that's right. Cash money. Uh, there it is. Yeah, the, time. the
0: bank doesn't need to be open. I just gotta <laughs> exactly. gotta hit it to that net.
1: Exactly. So that's fun. Uh, passions. I love um, music. I love snowboarding. A uh, fun fact about me, before I was a pastor, I was in a Christian heavy metal band, Hey, which was really cool. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that band had a little record deal, toured a little, you know, toured a little. we toured for basically full-time for two and a half years. That's amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. And And one thing that was really super neat about that was we were a... Christian heavy metal band, which yeah. so many people would be like, that's Satan music. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is not true. Uh, but um, we were able to just meet so many people, talk to so many people who didn't believe that way at all. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's one really neat thing about the metal scene is yeah. you have so many people in the metal scene that, quite frankly, can be anti God yeah. or, you know, Um, Even if they are anti-God, it can be more atheistic or agnostic, which is totally fine, but just having so many real conversations with people. Right.
0: Well, I think it's interesting, too, because now I'm stereotyping. Uh, I was more about the punk scene and as we heard earlier, the ska scene uh, growing up, but... Uh, You can easily hear the lyrics of that style of music Uh, with heavy metal. You know, I could never understand the lyrics. My my uh, older brother was a huge uh, heavy metal fan, but he loved it. I'm like, I just can't understand this. Right. Uh, And so but it's cool because really then it's about the music. Right. It's about the feel of it. Um, And then I mean, I loved trying to get to the bands after the show to have a conversation with them. And then that gives you opportunity, regardless of their background, to have that conversation like you were talking about. And I think that's cool because my heart for this podcast is that, is I want to take people of every area of life, whether they've grown up in the church their whole life, that's me, uh, or someone who's just walking into an understanding that there is a God. Uh, From every spectrum, whether they believe what we believe, I want to be able to take stories of the Bible and be able to articulate number one, how crazy the Bible is. If mm-hmm. I've ever talked to someone and they said the Bible's boring, that is just proof right there. They've mm-hmm. never read it once. Right? right. Um, and so I just want to take stories of the Bible and be like, man, what would we do in these situations? Cause they're everyday situations. Uh, but there's a supernatural, you know, uh, Edge to them. And I, you know, I stated it in my earlier intro podcast that, you know, in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews says that the word of God is active. It's sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates, right? It does all these different things. And that's what it does. It's kind of like, again, it's like music. Like yeah. music dictates your life uh, and your you feels. Know. Like it can be to the positive, to the negative, right. and it can do that. And I really feel like the word of God is the exact same way if we're open to it. Yes. Uh, and so what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break and uh we're gonna get into a story that you want to read and talk about uh i gave you a super long time less than 24 hours (laughs) to to come up but you were ready to go and so we're gonna read uh the story of the rich young ruler in luke 18 when we come back and so i'm excited for it so let's get ready All right, we're back, and as we stated uh, before the break, we are going to jump in to Luke eighteen, where we're going to hear about the story of the rich young ruler. So, uh, Grant, uh, would you be willing to read us the story?
1: I will gladly read the story. I just wanted to add a one thing real fast. I yeah, you know, you asked me um, what we should be talking about today. I think that for some reason this story just kept coming to mind mm-hmm. because of. Uh, I can see a lot of just, uh, moralism and just, you know, we think we're moral people and we do good things all the time right? and yet our our hearts may be so far from God. Absolutely. Yeah. Yo,
0: this, this is, this is going to be good. Yeah. I can already tell. So, all All right, right. (laughs) let's, let's jump into it. Luke
1: 18 starting ironically in verse 18. Verse 18. Here we go. Let's read it. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery, shall not murder, you shall not steal, shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. (laughs) All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, we have left all we have had to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, eternal life.
0: Man, that story is so good. And I have heard that story for so long. Uh, And I've I've looked at it in many different ways. And so what I want to do right now is take this story and I want to take our, kind of you were talking about a little bit earlier, our 2021 eyes, the way we think. And I want us to almost imagine us being these characters right and so i as we're reading through the story i heard uh, a couple different characters obviously the rich young ruler uh there was a crowd then peter and so i want to take each of those sections and ask the question what would we do if we were in that situation right. uh so let's start with the rich young ruler he's the kind of the main character in this story and uh it's interesting too because uh Our Bible translation says the rich, uh, the rich young ruler, all this stuff. But in this particular translation, it says a certain ruler. So it's interesting that we even at the very beginning, we don't even know if he's rich. Uh, We don't know if he's middle class. We don't know if he's lower class. We just know that a certain ruler came up to Jesus. Right. And so let's put our eyes in this. So Jesus is starting to become well known. You know, we get into the meat of the gospels in this particular time period, like he's starting to get well known. If he was, if he had an Instagram, if he had a Twitter, homeboy would have a blue check on his name, right? Yeah. Uh, and so he wants, so so we want to know what this guy's all about. So we go to him and we ask the question. We said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit internal life? And the first thing he says back to you is, why do you call me good?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I think that that's a, that's a, there's a couple of things here. I think this is really cool because there's a genuine interest yeah. from this individual, yep. right? He's, he sees how Jesus has interacted. He knows of Jesus, Yeah, right? He calls him good teacher. I love Christ's response here. And I've read uh, quite a few commentaries on this. He says, why do you call me good? And this is um, from the commentaries I've read and just have studied up on is uh, Jesus is saying he is good, that Jesus is good, right? No one is good except from God. It's actually a claim to deity in this particular passage. Right.
0: And it's interesting because that, that it's a sneaky way for him to display who he is. Right. And, um, I know that there's been times in my life where I've been like, I've been given a rhetorical answer and it's made me more mad, (laughs) you know? And so I'm like, You know, and it says, "Good teacher, what must I do?" Or there's other translation. Actually, it's very interesting. Uh, Many other translations say, uh, "Teacher, what good deeds Hmm. must I do to inherit eternal life?" And so, I think as we're looking at this passage, I let's let's ask both those questions. So we'll frame it in, "Good teacher, what must I do?" Or "Teacher, what good deeds must I do?" Because if I'm a ruler, you know, I understand that I've worked hard to get where I am. Right. And, and we, we've done what we could to get to where we are. And that status maybe was not given to us. We weren't inherited, uh, all these different things, but it was stuff that we feel like, all right, I have achieved this greatness. And now what else do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Cause I've already got the rest of it. And he goes, well, no one's good, but God alone. And then he goes, you know, the commandments, and it was kind of like yes i know the commandments god like i've known these since i was a boy like my my, my rabbi had told me well like he taught me i was number 1 in my rabbi sunday yeah. school you know all this type of stuff and 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 so there would almost be a little cockiness to me you know if i were if i were that if i were that ruler and the teacher right says you know here's all these different things after he goes with his heretic question right yeah. uh he goes all these things and you're like i've been doing that since i was a little boy
1: yeah you know almost kind of kind of scoffing at that yeah right um where like, I, I i have been doing these things I've, I've basically i've lived this moral life yeah right i am a good person yes which exactly. i would argue that a majority of people right we think we're good people right and to what standard do you have to right you know, compare that to, well, in this particular case, and I would say in the case of everything, it's God's standard. Mm-hmm. Right? God sets that standard. He's the one who defines what good is right. or morality actually is. And so you've got this individual saying, I, I've lived a good life. Right. I'm I'm doing the right thing. Yeah.
0: And it's interesting too, because, and we're judging it not based on our own. As the rich and ruler, we're not even making this claim on our own moral standings. It's we're following the law, right? You know, the thing that we have been, uh, we've known since we were little, like this is the thing that we have lived our life to. This is the moral compass, so to speak is the law. So, you know, Jesus stated, uh, not committing adultery. Check. Haven't done that. Not committing murder. Yep. Check. I haven't done that. I haven't stolen anything. Given false testimony. I've honored my father and mother. I've done all these things. And, and, I wonder if there was almost a sense of there's something missing in my life. I've accumulated all this wealth. Uh, I have maybe a posture of influence in the community and I've done all these good things and moral things. But I wonder if there's a sense of like, man, there's got to be something more that I would be asking myself, which is why then I asked the question to Jesus. Like, what else do I need to do? Because I've, you know, I'm young.
1: I've accumulated, I've done all this stuff. Like, what else is there for me to do? So that, I, I like that perspective. Uh, no, that's that's a great question to ask. Great perspective. Um, what if, I'm going to throw a different perspective in there. Yeah. What if almost as you, you said a little bit ago, Matt, of like, there was kind of this arrogant attitude of like, basically, there's nothing more I need to do. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, if
0: I'm like, I'm like the Tom Brady of Christians, like <laughs> to- what totally. else
1: is there for me to do? Totally. So I wonder if he, if there was more, I mean, obviously we don't know his heart, right? Right. Right. But he's just like, you know what? I've done it all. I've, I've, I've lived this life and almost coming to Jesus saying, I really don't know what else there is for yeah. me to do because I've made it.
0: Right. Absolutely. And even, uh, yeah, just the, it and this is one thing that I've always struggled with is I know there's translations. I know that there's, um, you know, Hebrew, Greek, whatever era that it was written on, you know, that there's different means of words. I want to know the humanity mm-hmm. of how, right? Like uh, we, like we stated at the beginning of this episode, we have wives, we have kids and with kids specifically, like they can say, I love you. And mm-hmm. they're, they're, vocal uh they're not telling me that they love me they're telling me they love me because they have to tell me that they love me (laughs) but they're the way that they're saying it is not that way and i'm wondering i want to know that's the part that i've always been so interested in is how is this taking place like Mm -hmm. if we were sitting there and that's one thing that we don't get the ability to do uh is understand when the rich on your what's his stance pre-question what's his stance as jesus is yeah. answering and then once he then gives the opportunity because i know if i know the answer i'm so cocky yeah. i'm so cocky when i when i know the right answer and i get that opportunity to say these things i'm just like
1: <laughs> yeah you're wondering if it's like is there like true humility in his tone right or is it just arrogance
0: yeah I I feel like I'm going to say, if I had to guess, I'm going to say arrogance.
1: I Based off of?
0: Based off of how the story ends.
1: Yes, I I'm, know. It's we, we, yeah. we get that reader's advantage. Yes, right. so 100%. We know how the story ends.
0: 100%. And that's what I love is I used the illustration in the first uh, podcast uh, that it's like math. And we can get the answer in the back of the book. Right. But if we don't know the process on how to get the solution from the problem like we we really aren't learning and that's what I want to do with this podcast so I love that we're looking at it and be like man asking the question uh how would I have responded if I were if I were this person and I've accumulated all these things I've done all these right moral things and I have the you know the arrogance of being like I've been doing this since I was a boy and then all of a sudden Jesus says this well there's still one thing you lack and and that would perk my ears It being like Wait, wait, hold on. There's one more thing. Like, I haven't done it. What What is this, Jesus? Right. Like, if you know all these things, tell me this one thing, you know? Uh, and then he just goes, you have to give everything. Yeah. That's the
1: scary part. Yeah. Because Jesus sees the heart, right? Yeah. He, he knows. Like, right. And I think, obviously, he knows us better than we know ourselves. Mm-hmm. So even if we actually think that we are doing good, I'm sure this guy convinced himself he was doing good. Oh, right. Right. He looked at himself in the mirror and kind of was like, "How you doing?" Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he's like, "You, you are doing the best that you can. Yeah. You are living this good life," and so he's convinced himself of this. Yeah, he was and probably
0: then, kind of. Ge- he was probably generous too. He
1: probably, sure. you know, gave some. With I, I bet he did. Yeah. You know, what? Jesus truly sees the heart, and he mm-hmm. goes after the heart. Right? Yeah, exactly. And what does he say? <laughs> you haven't pulled up. I- yeah.
0: He goes. You got one more thing. That's that's a problem with you. He goes. Uh, this this is the last thing you lack. And then uh, the the guy goes from questionable to cocky, and then he leaves. Uh, it says in verse twenty three. He became very sad because he was very wealthy. And then I don't know what else happened. Did he walk away? Uh, it, it doesn't really say it, but he just all of a sudden disappears. Or that. Or it's almost like the camera pans out to the greater scene. Yeah. Um, and we don't hear
1: about the rich young ruler anymore. Yeah, that's really interesting. And like that was his response because he he knew it. Yeah. It says he went away sad. Right. Right? And I don't think necessarily it was this um, sadness of like, oh, this is what I need to do. It was more along the lines. I don't want to give up this yes. stuff. Oh right. right? I don't want to have to give up the things that I've accomplished, mm-hmm. what I've worked towards. And, you know, how I've understood this passage is really the I, idolatry. Yeah. So it's not just, I mean, we can look at this particular thing and say that it's the money, mm-hmm. you know, because then Jesus says how hard it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Right. Which, I mean, we know that money grips, right? I mean, it can easily. Like it finances, oh. burdens, all of us. Yeah, absolutely. And so that can easily be a, a huge... Um, Idol. But mm-hmm. there are also many other things within that. Right. That we can easily put in the place of God, even if we think we're doing well. Right.
0: Well, I even wonder, too, wh- like, what, did he come in alone or what, did he have buddies around him that, you know, were supported and be like, you should ask this question. Yeah. You know, and then, uh yeah, that type of stuff. Just that's the thing that bogs my mind, because then it says he went away sad uh, because he was very wealthy. And I'm wondering, too, if it's the wealth financially, is it the wealth position, is it the wealth, you know, all these different things. And we know uh, just briefly with the customs back then, like stature was everything. Right. Um, and what would happen if you were the person that was young and you accumulated all these things, and then because you wanted to... Inherit something that hasn't that has not come yet that will come later, right? Eternal life that's not the now, and you have to give up your everything now. Man, that would be so hard if someone came to me and was like, Hey, in order to get what you truly want in your heart of hearts, like you have to forego your paycheck, mm-hmm. you have to forego uh, your pres- position of influence, you have to maybe even forego your family. Like he late earlier you know they talk about leaving leaving it all that would be a hard question to ask and it would be very very difficult for me to look at that question of being like could i do all that like could i do this and i think that's what's been interesting now that we kind of warp back out of the scriptures in tw- in 2020 currently that'd be so tough yeah to be able to to be able to take that question of, and ask myself be like could i do would i be the rich young ruler and would I have the same posture? Like, if Jesus in 2021 in flesh came to me and was like, this is what you have to do in order to inherit eternal life, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't you know what to do. Of, you know, everything that you have in your life and and stuff that can easily be a, as your top priority or yeah. stuff that we put in the place of God and even our passions, right? That aren't right. necessarily right. in and of themselves bad. Right. Because money, it's not bad. Right. But, you know, we, we need it. Yeah. Right? But it can easily take over the place of God. So like, other things that can easily take the place of God now in my life like if Jesus were to be like grant you have to give up uh fishing mm-hmm. you know yeah that yeah just a, you know not the best example but it's true because it's something I love to do right or you know of these other things in my life um, you know you would some people listen to me and be like fishing of course you can give up fishing yeah you know but there's like you know insert whatever it is yep. in your life that you have such a a stake in or Mm -hmm. something that you have just worked so hard towards. And Jesus says, you know what? That's actually your idol. Right. And you need to give that up to follow me. Well,
0: even like Western culture, like we, we have a mindset probably early on in our lives of what we want to do, what we want to do. And we go to college for it. We pay, you know, a crazy amount of money for it to get this education, to do this thing. And we then, start the social and uh, corporate ladder, whatever you're doing. And all of this is to accumulate some sort of identity. And then this random person who's starting to get traction tells you that you've got to leave it all to follow him. And that's the only way that you have eternal life is by letting all of that go. That would be so difficult and I mean, again, we don't read this uh, within the the passages given, but it's like I would. But he says it earlier in other passages it'd be like, can I pray about this? <laughs> like, yeah. can I go ask my parents some wisdom? about?" It's like, no, you got like you don't have time. You got to choose like and be able to do that. And I think that would be I'm not good at making decisions. And so if I'm making the decision about my whole life, like that would be that would be bonkers.
1: Right. Yeah, I know. And, um, I love what Jesus says though, uh, you know, saying that it's, it's, it's really hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God, but I mean, it's really hard for humanity to enter the kingdom yeah, of God hundred percent. with our, our lust after money, with mm-hmm. our lust after stuff. But it, it goes back to the, who is good. Right. right? Yeah, that exactly. It's, it's only God that's good. Right. And we as human, sinful human beings aren't good. And all these other things are just distractions that take us away yes. from God and even like, uh, what the, um, those who heard this asked, mm-hmm. right? Well, who then? Yeah, exactly. Be saved? Like, cause I, I would, I would think that they're watching this take place and this individual was maybe somebody who they aspired to be. Right. If yeah. It's, if it's a ruler who has the wealth, whatever it is. Yeah. And then, I mean, just like at modern day, who do we aspire to be? Oh, exactly. Many people, yeah. many individuals who accumulate all of these things yep. and the status and whatever it is. And then Jesus is saying, oh, it's hard for them to enter the kingdom of God. And then we're like, oh, man, <laughs> then there's no hope for us. Right, like, exactly. Because we're would aspiring th- to be these people. Oh,
0: exactly. I'd be like, oh, there's no hope for me. Or, oh, thank God I don't have to be that person. that would be one of those things. Hey, let's. I want to do this. Let's take a quick break. And then I want to talk about then we got we talked about the rich young ruler. Now I want to talk about the, the surrounding cast. Yes. Uh, the crowd, Peter, all of their responses. And so uh, we'll be back in a quick second, and we're going to talk about that. So hold on tight. We're back, and uh, we just finished talking about the main character of the story being the run ruler, and now we're going to take uh, the responses of the crowd as well as Peter, as we're going to uh, finish this podcast episode. And so, uh, so we talked about everything that happened with the rich young ruler. And then uh, I love what the crowd says. Uh, first of all, Jesus gives this crazy analogy. He goes, it is easier uh, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And I feel like if I were a crowd and I heard that and I uh, knew how small the eye of a needle really was, I would be the crowd's response. I'd be like, well, (laughs) "Well, what the heck? Like, then who can be saved? Like, that's a great response for people. And I think it was more out of, like, pure frustration And just almost like bewilderment is probably a good way to describe it.
1: Yeah. And I I love the analogy here because it just goes to show that the work of Christ uh, to bring about salvation is literally only something God can do. Yeah. Right.
0: The good. The only person who's good can do
1: it. Absolutely. And so you look at this and I think even within our culture, as I mentioned earlier, I think we have this mindset of the rich young ruler and even these people who, who go about life thinking that we're we're good, mm-hmm. we're doing everything the right way. Right. And that actually, you know, we've made it in God's eyes mm-hmm. by our own merit. Right. Which is totally false. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, <laughs> yeah. if you were to, you know, I, I use this a lot, Matt, but like, did you really think you're a good person? Like, do we really think we're right. good people? I'm like, dude, just what if my thought life... Was plastered. Oh my gosh! For I, the whole world to see right behind me.
0: Well, I would have to retire as a uh, licensed minister. (laughs) But But yeah, it's true. But so would everybody else. Yeah, like everybody
1: would have to do that. Yeah, because our thoughts are just a reflection of a sinful heart.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's interesting too, because I mean, we're going back, and the crowd probably knew the the law, and you know, the basis of the law was the Ten Commandments. And so Jesus was repeating all of the work esque Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. and and earlier, obviously, in Jesus's ministry, he ones up the Ten Commandments. You know, he right. talks about, uh, you know, it it said, "Don't commit adul- adultery," but I tell you, if you even look at a woman right. lustfully, right. Uh, you've already committed adultery in your heart. And so, I feel like he was setting everyone up, which is pretty much what he did the whole time was yeah. just set people up. Uh, and so all of a sudden now it's like I f- I feel like if I were sitting in that crowd I'd be like, well yeah I haven't murdered either and right. I may not be as rich as this guy and maybe materialistic but I've never uh, you know murdered someone I've never committed adultery I've never uh, you know I tried to listen to my parents all this kind of stuff I'm a good person too and yeah. you start to relate to him and then he just throws a curveball at you yeah. and he's like but you got to give everything and the crowd's probably just like, well what are we like? We don't have money. So what's our everything. And, and then he's just like, it's impossible. uh, If you're a man, you know, what's impossible with man is possible to God. And I would just be like, Oh, I need a nap. I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand (laughs) what you're saying, Jesus. And I'll be honest. I think if I were a crowd person, I would probably have left in frustration.
1: Yeah, I would I would say the same thing. I'm like, yeah. man, there's there's no hope for me, right? Right. If if Jesus is using this analogy, mm-hmm. it'd be like, man, I, yeah, there's there's no hope for me. I know where my my heart's at. I know yeah. that I follow all of these things of the world, you know. So coming into this conversation, I think I'm doing really good. Yeah. I'm leaving this conversation like I'm not doing good. Yeah,
0: you, I am the worst. You're the worst of the worst, and you're almost just starting. F- starting at the beginning and if anyone has ever known having to start over, it's the worst feeling in the world. When I have to restart an Ikea uh, (laughs) dresser, nothing peeves me (laughs) more than, than have to do that. And it's interesting because time after time, there's probably one tiny part of the instructions I missed. Or like one little piece that I didn't think was as necessary becomes so critical uh, to make the whole thing work, and I feel like as we're looking at this passage, putting our 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 eyes into the passage, that's probably what it is. You know, we've done all these good things, but there's a there's one tiny part that maybe even isn't visible, right? And you've identified it before. It's your heart. Yes. yes. All the things that aren't visible are is the main thing that if that's missing. You've got to start from the ground up, and you got to work with you got to work with the things that now you know you need to do. and And I love it because then even too Peter and I love Peter, man. I can relate to Peter so much. Uh, Peter's just a hothead who thinks he knows everything, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Peter just goes, "Well, listen, we've done everything." So not only did Jesus's conversation affect uh, the the rich run ruler. The crowd it was affecting his own disciples right like and and peter was a part of the the inner circle too of right. the 12 there were three and even peter was like whoa timeout like hey let's let's talk about this we've done everything right and that's good enough too right like i almost look at peter as questioning his motives like in right. questioning his you know things that he's done of almost just like um almost like a golden retriever in of a way like he comes back to his master being like I'm a good boy right like I've done I've done I've done this I'm doing all these things right we've left everything we've had to follow you and then Jesus says what he said at the very end um man what would you feel if, like if you were Peter in this situation and having just that one line in this entire story how would you have like uh related to that
1: yeah once again it's a it's a hard issue and it's even a hard issue for Peter as mm-hmm. we I mean we continue to see later on and scriptures and you know him denying jesus and then jesus giving him a second chance and you know which is what jesus does all the time yeah but you know it's it's a heart issue right it's always a heart issue yeah you know and even in this instance with the the rich young ruler it's a heart issue and it goes back to who is god so it's not necessarily an external thing because peter's like dude we're doing these things like we we've done this you know but we have to have then Jesus be the one that changes our hearts right and then he says at the end of of uh, 30 he says you'll receive this much many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life yeah you know
0: and that was the question that w- or that was where the original question was trying to get right. to is what do we need right to get eternal life and so it's interesting cuz he goes so far from the question right to straight to the heart, you know, and, and time after time, that's what he does. Like, I just wish people were probably at the point just being like, I wish I could just get a straight answer from you. Right. And I found it interesting is that I think doing some research, this is very, this is like Wikipedia research right here where it's very questionable, but it's some sort of thing. I think I've heard, uh, that of all the questions that Jesus has been asked, he gave a straight answer to three. Hmm. And I think he then res- always responded. So maybe he was asked like a 100 and I'm just going to throw a ballpark. It was like 170 some questions. Yeah. And then he asked like over 300 questions and directly answered three. Like so only three times that he shoot him straight. And he almost tripled the amount of questions with his own questions.
1: Yeah. And don't you think that that is crucial to like... Um what we do and Jesus asking questions to make us realize things about ourselves yep. that we don't necessarily think right away. Right. So, you know, for example, this this particular situation is he's making them realize things about themselves that they actually think they're doing well on, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the rich young ruler, once again, I'm doing really well. Well, I'm going to ask you a question and you're going to realize in your mind yep. that you're not actually doing. Right. You're that. actually so far away from good. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's not even funny. Totally. And that's so why I think that when we actually realize that ourselves, it points out our need for Jesus. Yes. Our need for for going to him saying, Hey, you know, I, I, I literally have this exact same response of just like, Wow, God, you've made me realize where my heart's at. Mm-hmm. You've made me realize that if I were to do this on my own merit, it actually is impossible. Right. Because I can't do it. Right. You know? Yeah. And so I I need Jesus to do this and to actually have or help me not help me achieve, but he's, he needs to be the one that takes the place of me to inherit eternal life. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm even thinking in this story of the
0: three different people that we've talked about. You have the rich young ruler. I think my hope would be, um, even if I walked away sad, I would hope that I would turn around, you know, cause I think hitting a moment of realization is so critical and asking questions wrestling with questions is good as long as it doesn't stay in the wrestling stage right? you know and so I would hope that if I were the rich young ruler I'd be so sad but then I would turn around and be like I need you to help
1: me clarify this totally you know because that's the question I have is like what happened to him right I, I wonder you know it says he he went away sad um, was there a point later on and we, we may not know this this is all just speculation yeah we love hypothetical right? questions. hypotheticals but like did he have a, a come-to-Jesus moment? Right. You know, was there a point where, you know, well, he did here where he's literally yeah. with Jesus, but did he actually have a heart change? Right. I mean, we, we don't know. Right. Uh, and So, I, I mean, I don't know. But that's I think that, that's a fair question to ask. Like, hey, did that conversation, did that, he went away sad. You know, was it because, you know, oh, I'm not going to do that? Or was there this genuine? Right. I need to give up everything.
0: Yeah. Did he did he start off as a rich young ruler and then maybe he ended his life with the uh, Christ-filled old man? You just never know.
1: I, I don't know. Yeah.
0: And I think it's interesting. And I leave him to the crowd of just being like, who can be saved? Get the right answer. And I feel like, again, I would just, uh, I would want to know. Almost like what we talked about at the beginning with music of, I would want to, Even if I don't understand the lyrics, right? Even if I don't (laughs) understand what you're saying, I want to get to you and ask clarity questions. And maybe it was questions to the disciples. Uh, Maybe it was you got directly to Jesus, but I would be like, okay, well then who can be saved? And you got to help me. And maybe that was part of someone then who was transformed by these conversations and then joined the group, you know, then it was like an aha moment. And then I followed um, and then I just, you know, I love Peter. He just wants affirmation that he's doing the right thing and <laughs> yeah. that that's us, man. So, uh, well, first of all, Grant, thank you so much for taking the time, uh, and just being able to, to start this dream that I had, which is this podcast. And, uh, it, this was so much fun and I hope that whoever listened today, just, maybe heard this story in a different way, uh, maybe related to one of these different characters in the scriptures. But if you have any follow-up questions uh, from the story, maybe you came up with a question that we didn't articulate, I would love for you to email me uh, at Matthew Nylon M-A-T-T-H-E-W-N-Y-L-I-N at gmail.com and just in the header say, follow up Richard and Gruler, or something like that. And I'd love to be able to help you along that line. And so as we, uh, as we wrap up the first... Uh, full episode of the WWID podcast, the The real question is, what would I do? The hope would be uh, we would get met in the face with the reality that we're not good. We can never be good. Uh, but hopefully then we understand that everything else, you know, goes away.
1: Right. I, and I would add, you know, that there's when you see stories like this, um, there is hope for everybody. Yeah, right. right. And not to think of yourself. Higher than you should. Right. But to have a humble posture before Jesus because none of us are deserving of eternal life. Right. And he still allows us to be with him forever someday. Yeah. And we don't deserve that. But there's hope for anybody who's gonna humbly submit to Christ, regardless of past, regardless of decisions, regardless of whatever has happened in life. That is the beauty and the hope of the gospel. Yeah. yeah, there's just such hope and power in this passage for and all. And then
0: of us. once we come to that realization, you then become good. <laughs> once you see Jesus in heaven. So uh thank you so much for taking the time and listen. I hope you guys are having a great uh time listening to this and we'll see you guys next time here on the WWID podcast.